welcome back to queen's z i am sanjeet i have through with me and today we have where have you been yes. sanjeet can you please I elaborate have, first i haven't been anywhere i'll do I'll, we'll do another episode on that okay. <laughs> but let me first introduce the guests for the episode that are recurring. they are not guests anymore boss <laughs> okay part of extended part of queen's z aryan and amarthi aryan who's been who's a regular now i can't complain about that <laughs> who's who's filling in for everyone else so aryan and amarthi are here and um, today we are talking about uh, pablo larraín's new movie starring kirsten stewart which is spencer waiting for you thoughts about the film because we have a lot to talk about some of us liked it some of us didn't and some you mean three of you loved it this is going to be a civil conversation a civil debate <laughs> yeah sure about that <laughs> like sherni right yeah yeah like sherni like sherni our marky episode <laughs> so yeah um amarth you you go with uh, your initial thoughts about the film uh initial thoughts um i wasn't expecting much because mm-hmm, mm-hmm. i had seen the crown and i kind of the last season touched a bit on diana so mm-hmm. and emma corrin's portrayal of diana was pretty good at that point that i was like okay fine i just i i did not know what to expect to be honest with you what i did not expect was and i'd be hearing that it's kind of like a stealth horror movie so i was like how the hell do you make a stealth horror movie it's not a stealth horror movie per se it's more like part horror movie and part character study mm-hmm, mm-hmm. and i don't know for some reason considering the fact that it's almost like a i think it because it's a story and mm-hmm. because of the time it takes place and everything else it touched me because i think what touched me the most was the fact that you know her struggles to not fit with you know traditions and everything i think should relate to anybody who has always been told how to fit in how to talk how not mm-hmm. to talk mm-hmm. anybody who feels burdened by those shackles i think they will relate a lot to this and of course it's weird so and i love weird so <laughs> here you go <laughs> those are my kind of sort of initial thoughts and of course it's shot in 16 mm so you know my yeah. inner cinema file brain was like ooh great green on the screen yeah aren what about you yeah so unlike jackie uh, while watching jackie i was already tuned into it okay because it was like kind of tailor made for me because <laughs> i had always fascinated by that period of american 
political mm-hmm. history since a lot of since a lot of years especially after i watched oliver stone's jfk for the first time which happens to be one of my favorite biopics so yeah and when it comes to spencer i was not a very i was not very excited for that film especially because it was like mm-hmm. a weird piece and uh, to be very honest i still don't know a lot about british uh, history right and especially that era and unlike mm-hmm. amartya <clears throat> i haven't even watched the crown my <clears throat> so yeah so there's that but spencer gets into the grayness and, and ambiguity of one of the most talked about personalities of our time without pretending to be a didactic history lesson even some of the tacky moments blend in well for me personally in this otherwise masterly crafted period piece watch it for the best steward performance and because it's one of the best films of the year according to me and i and me and a i love that it was for me personally in terms of the tacky <laughs> moments but okay sanjeev go ahead no, complete com- com- complete the trifecta the, the trio yeah yeah, yeah. so uh, i mean yeah uh, i really liked it i i wasn't not expecting to not like it either mm-hmm. uh, there were like a lot of great things uh, in this uh, i haven't seen any of pablo larraín's films so i had no idea how you, he is as a filmmaker not seen uh, jackie i have not seen jackie i have not seen okay. emma either but i know emma is not by him no. oh no the that emma the ema no, not EMA. not the, yeah. not yeah, the no. jane austen one no okay. no no i'm talking about the movie advertised emma right the one the very the experimental film yeah 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 <laughs> but, but i knew <laughs> but i knew a lot about him through a lot of uh, i mean a lot of videos that i've i've seen like i've discovered about him so i knew how he is as, as a filmmaker maybe but not like completely about how he operates uh, as mm. one uh, yeah. in this one i really liked a lot of thing especially how anxiety driven a lot of the movements were there were sequences that were really fantastic johnny greenwood score obviously uh, which uh, you know obviously it makes sense johnny greenwood is a part of it because if you've seen his work with uh, pta as well you know his work is very psychological and for this one it makes sense in a way lin ramsey lin ramsey as well yeah yeah you, you were never, never really here really yep you were never really here yeah and in this one also it makes sense he was a composer because he gets the whole tone of it and the whole uh, the whole unsynchronized way of making a music and putting it uh, across uh, as a character in itself as like a something that is happening in uh, Uh, Diana's headspace at the moment was really good as well, and of course Kirsten Stewart, who, who I had a few issues in the beginning getting with her acting, the whole physicality of hers. Uh, I think it's the first shot where she's like, I don't know where I am. The the sequence, right? Um, but as I got in, I was like okay with it because she's a little uncomfortable all the time. So it was I was a little off with it, but then I got in with it. So. that worked for me well and yeah i really like it not as much as how amartya and aryan have but i really i really did and not at much more than how how much dhruv did <laughs> yeah so, so so let's let's ha huh, so let's, as usual the contrarian voice i guess i've become now okay. unfortunately <laughs> no but see the thing is with uh, something like yeah. jaki i went in with good expectations because i had seen jaki mm. uh, sorry I, as with spencer i had gone with uh, good expectations because i had seen jackie and i really 
remembered the mood of it more than the actual narrative i remembered how much of a ghost story it felt like it felt very uh, a ghost story as in like like a genuine ghost story not the film a ghost story uh so it was more to do with the fact that that mood i remembered and then it was the sense that you know from the trailer at least uh, spencer looked very similar uh and we've talked so much about like you know biopics which kind of have mm-hmm. that wikipedia sort of narrative thread to them yeah, and yeah, this yeah, is yeah, like yeah. completely opposite to it right in in like he's choosing one incident in one person's life and exploring it in full which mm-hmm. is something again i resonate with automatically because i think that sometimes reveals a lot about one person than recounting their whole life does right mm-hmm. uh and again like just johnny Green- greenwood score was there and everything like again my point is that i'm tailor made for this movie i'm the mm, tailor made yeah. audience for this movie yeah, i yeah, love yeah, films yeah. which kind of explore someone's psyche and everything exactly yeah was... i am to i'm all for all that but like while watching it i just couldn't find a way into the whole narrative and it kind of i i get all the praise for the sort of technical elements and like the cinematography the music mm. the the you know that immersive feeling that you guys got firstly i never got it like i didn't get the experience of being stuck in someone's anxious state of mind because mm. it's okay. the classic sort of problem i think maybe i have with a text like the shining also where everything is already tuned up like they are already crazy so i'm like okay and then then what then it's mm. a lot of the film is kind of regurgitating the same state of mind again and again in different ways and i just was like i get it but what else like what mm. am i what else am i supposed to get apart from the fact that the aristocracy the british aristocracy was evil and like mm. she was the victim like the the i guess just to like sum up whatever the problem i have with this is like it's a film that wants to kind of dig deeper into someone's psyche but mm-hmm. because of the script which i think is fundamentally bad uh mm-hmm. i think because of the script it kind of reduces her to a symbol like she is yeah. not much more than that symbol and i think if you're going for a complete psyche sort of exploration of someone and you're reducing them to a symbol by the end i think that's a problem also uh but i have many more problems i will delve into uh but but i liked individual elements of it let me be very yeah. clear like i don't think yeah. it's like the worst film of the year or something i i i think it's a big oh, disappointment it's a big disappointment for me because i like pablo larraín i've seen i like jackie i've seen neruda which is very very good mm-hmm. and there was a short film he made for covid called last call uh which is fantastic it's on netflix mm-hmm. uh so I'm no Pablo Larraín hater. I'm no Judy Greenwood <laughs> hater. No, nor am I a case two hater. Uh, hmm. So yeah, let's let's go with the let's, positives first, guys. Yeah, let's go with the positives because I think we have a lot. There are like three people who want to talk about positives, and then we can like counter uh, against Throve's points and like shove him in the and shove him into a corner. Yeah. उटिंग 
the actresses hmm. behalf like i think it's first of all right off the bat it's like a great casting choice for someone who herself for a hmm. large majority of her life suffered through this media thing you know because mm-hmm. was, yeah scrutiny yeah. and all that shit so i think that's a great casting choice and it shows because and um, yeah the, the opening sequence itself sets that tone right because uh, that entire again I, as i said it goes a bit over the top and uh, a bit too much like showy metaphors and all and especially that entire food metaphors in the entire film but i think it still worked for me because mm-hmm. right off the bat the film sets that tone because mm. through that entire food carmi wala thing they set this tone and they mm. show that that's how british view themselves like that there's this imperialistic power or their colonial mindset that they do everything as if they are intruding you know a territory <laughs> and setting their own agendas and all that shit so yeah mm-hmm. i think that sets the tone of the film quite well and i was genuinely considering that it was a period drama i was genuinely preparing myself you know mentally before going into the film to be you know to not get bored to put it very aise acche se but yeah i right from that first frame and mm. right where credits roll on and that overhead shot i was like oh my god like it is the grain and all it, it just looks so good on screen and i'm so glad that it was released in india because this yeah yeah that's that's the most surprising okay. part that it released in india yeah yeah, yeah. yeah. i was and... just that i was just overwhelmed seeing it in the theater and yeah from that point on i was never bored in the film i was a bit taken off during some moments especially during that uh, not to get too ahead like not to jump off and Uh, like the at the end of the film or anything but in that hmm. scene the only con- confrontation that we get in the film between um, diana and henry and uh, harry sorry <laughs> oh my god yeah between uh, charles and charles. diana okay charles and yeah. diana yeah hmm. between charles and diana at that a uh, snooker table right and hmm. that entire exchange that felt very you know because he's telling her that oh we have to live two lives don't you know and it's like no one would talk mm. like that okay no one would talk like that so many years into their marriage and all but still i was already invested enough into that film and i was already mm, uh, makes sense yeah yeah thrilled by the technical fairness of the film up until that point so i didn't mm. it didn't bother me much to be very honest yeah one of the one of the biggest positives for me when i was watching this movie was this film wants you to feel diana as a very tangible personality um mm. like if you observe there are like a lot of walking shots and everything mm-hmm. and this is just one of my theories that if you are shooting like in in, in a lot of movies that i've seen where you show person walking like some 20 30 steps and something like that it start it starts feeling real like i started noticing this from from when i watched bhosle actually uh in la- last year so around a year and a half back um there were like a lot of walking shots and i was wondering why what is the need of it and all throughout my mind was all about okay how can you make a person in the film feel more real and then i also went back to thinking about once upon a time in hollywood where margot robbie's character uh, sharon tate there are like a lot of walking shots which tarantino took and some of them so i loved once upon a time in hollywood as well but there there were a lot of people who didn't and i'm okay with that but 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 
the the reason i like that movie was also uh, coming from the fact that charan tate was made very tangible to us yeah. i could see her giving lifts to people i could see her walking down the street i could see her going to a movie theater and watching herself there was a different joy in that okay. similar to this uh, i like spencer first of all it's shot in 16 mm kodak whatever by claire methon who's also shot portrait of a lady uh, on fire on fire yeah, yeah. And, a much uh, much better film just to yeah. plug but love uh, that movie but yeah. the film grain actually gives it a very not just a timeless feel which is actually what people use grain or like film effect for uh, it was more like to give someone something more tangible because looking at like to be very like specifically technical looking at digital sometimes it becomes very technical and very you know clean glossy glossy yeah glossy is the right word this was a little messy in that sense and yeah yeah 16 mm is the messiest format in in a way so looking at that it I, felt more tangible like she's walking down the hall she's walking around even though i didn't know my ways through the palace i knew wherever she would take me it would be a point of view of kind of an experience okay, but but you know the ways through the overlook hotel right no this is i'm not comparing shining this is this is this is more to do with uh, Spencer specifically. Okay, I, uh, yeah. I I got very anxious also with it along with uh, Diana. Diana as well because I knew something would go wrong, and mm. some things did. But whatever, uh, saying yeah, I mean Amartya, you can continue. This is just wanted to point it out. I uh, I'm jumping off from your point. Uh, I think the 16 mm camera also for me, uh, you know, got me through that. This is winter, you know, foggy winter, mm, foggy Man- very. manner foggy winter you know this mm. is that extreme cold place and mm. the manor itself is such a <clears throat> vast place and extremely empty i think all mm. of that got through through the 16 mm much better you know visualization yeah, very far better haunting feel to it exactly. also yeah, yeah 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 i mean it's a in a kind of it's like a empirical horror, horror film yeah, 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 yeah. but yeah, just yeah. played like a even the yeah. sound has a bit like reinforces that eeriness no mm-hmm. yeah 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 so i i really like all of those thing even like the whole ghost thing that is happening the apparitions yeah, yeah, yeah. that she sees and all of that uh i yeah, feel it all it. like feels as a part of this world and never feels out of place all those things but there are things that i didn't like as well but we'll go move on to that later but like I, yeah you guys can like before we started the podcast i was telling both of you and aryan mm. later came in that mm. i think a bit of context is necessary in a way i think mm. i think the context okay. helped me to understand it even more in a way because uh mm. to be fair the british the british royal family like uh, aryan was mm. saying you know that they are so showy you know it mm. it was off that's the thing they were that showy they always mm. were that showy they are still that mm-hmm. showy yeah that entire scene at the snooker table in which charles is saying we are living in two worlds you should know this by now no yeah, but but i think aryan's point was more to do with 50, after like maybe like more than yeah, 10 yeah, yeah. years of marriage you you're not going to tell your yeah, wife yeah, that I'm, thing 10 years later right I yeah mean, yeah i'm cool. i'm getting to that point as well sorry, sorry, sorry. it's dialogues like that which constantly made kept it away <laughs> from being, you know near perfect yeah yeah i know because yeah, it yeah. kept taking us out of that world in spite mm-hmm. of already pulling us through its technicalities right? like cinematography and acting yeah yeah mm-hmm. i got that point and and it's like and it's like i agree with you in that respect that the screenplay is very wonky in that respect okay but yeah it, even, i mean i agree but yeah but, but it sorry. also kind of made sense for me because you know charles 
Charles as a person as I have seen in The Crown and here Charles mm. as a person tracks for me through the two medias that I have seen mm. he is a person who is you know extremely you know conscious a- conscious extremely arrogant for mm, god knows okay. for whatever the effing reason he is arrogant his mom is the ruler but he is arrogant whatever the and mm. it's like <laughs> and it's like mm. he has got a set rules that he's always going to follow he's always going to love the other person even though he marries this girl diana spencer and effectively ruins her life in a way so he, <clears throat> he's still in love with that other person that is the reason why diana is saying you know he bought a he bought a you know pearl necklace for pearl necklace for her mm. the same pearl necklace because he forgets you know because he's still in an affair with that woman it's like it's like things which should be obvious to us that's not obvious mm. to them mm. that's mm-hmm. those are not obvious solutions to them and you know and that frustration diana feels mm-hmm. and when you are in a place where you know everybody is so distant and so cold because being distant being cold being stiff upper lip is the norm in that place mm. when you are like that and since this is a marriage of over 10 years after a point dina is kind of sort of starting to become unhinged mm makes sense yeah. i think yeah go on no no you go ahead i want to hear your thoughts <laughs> no i was just saying that i think that the it's kind of unfair to compare this film with jackie because while well, jackie was going more at uh, reconstructing some of the factual mm. actual specialities of the incident quite well i mean it was it was evident from the way uh, that guy was casted as uh, jfk right it was like and even the reconstruction of that entire shootout mm. sequence in the car in the limousine and all that thing it was mm. like it was very well intention that it was going at recreating that incident right but spencer already assumes that you as an audience know this knowledge are already tuning into the film mm. knowing about princess diana and about uh, her marriage yeah yeah so yeah, yeah that's what yeah that's a negative that's a negative i think for the film as well if i think about it a bit deeply mm. it kind of sort of assumes that you are tuning in because you think it's a princess diana picture even though it says spencer it says and so because you know she's reclaiming her identity away from the monarchy in a way yeah. so it's like yeah mm. and even her, but, even her brother like he was then called like charles charles spencer right yeah 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 but yeah. but tell me uh, do you guys know if this is very factually correct no, or it's not made up no, it's not. i mean oh. it's it's a fable no a fable of a true tragedy so it can move oh, yeah. whatever facts if it wants to like i guess that's the excuse also it has Yeah, because excuse, but it's like excuse too. But it's like from that regard, the crown too is a fable because mm-hmm. nobody actually knows what the most people are talking about inside. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, everybody, yeah, yeah, yeah. everybody is reconstructing that incident. The crown. No, but I, I guess it's still wanting to adhere to some version of the fact. This is very yeah, much yeah. like an experiential film, right? It's like okay, fable will take as a template, that and event, then yeah, that event occurred. That weekend happened. The starting of my manner. Yeah. That weekend happened. but everything else i don't think is the you know yeah what was the inciting incident of their leaving happened after the after the weekend and sardine and banner i don't but yeah. it it's true she did leave yeah mm. so you know something must have happened <clears throat> yeah. and she was a very tragic figure and she was also you know 
she was also the butt not even the butt it's like she was the you know woman of trouble she was like the scandal she was the like woman scandal. in trouble that's a very common trope yeah. also in cinema no, but yeah. see the thing is that i don't think that the even the fact that they didn't choose on showing that entire how the her fate was eventually ended up like how it actually ended up being like because uh, she was uh killed in a car accident whatever it is i guess yeah, yeah. 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 Oh, she was in an accident let's not yeah. let's not you know traumatize yeah. the queen any further from yeah so she was yeah yeah queen's also so the, the, movie <laughs> <laughs> the movie doesn't go into reconstructing all that queen will be like what is this podcast thing ha <laughs> 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 this is a uh, uh, queen elizabeth assassination podcast i mean that's what the name is based on right yeah yeah, yeah, yeah. it's a tribute while also it is a someone yeah, uh, yeah. princess diana you know funded us from, from the illuminati society what are you planning on sanji being a no this it is a fun thing okay i won't get you into, get you into trouble don't worry so okay i was saying that the film kind of by by not going and by not reconstructing how her fate actually ended up looking like the film is actually in a way telling us that through its grainy look and through its kind of medieval like setup it is telling us how stupid it was in a way that mm. this this thing that happened not so long back ago it actually feels like if no one was given a context right they would feel like this these incidents took place mm-hmm. in like 19th century or something 18th century or 17th yeah, century yeah, yeah, yeah. i mean how absurd this is and to for these things to unfold as they were in the royal family right so that's that's what the thing is that's what the film is going at i i think it works for me on almost all levels because it is more going for that mood building and more yeah. like that theme of how absurd it is living in a in the royal family in the 19th century and yet yeah. going through this mental turmoil yeah But i mean there's a go ahead sorry, sorry. no no you go ahead it's okay nahi nahi it, it well the past and the present is the same right that's the whole yeah. dialogue in the film there is no yeah. future uh i mean see the problem is whatever you guys are saying is fine I, but the script literally lists all of it out it spurts it all out like it's like this reading that you're having about the mood creation and how this can exist in the past and the present there's mm-hmm. a literal dialogue in the film about one third of the way where I'm where they literally tell me that and I'm like and mm-hmm. what like what am i supposed to make of it then like i see you've established as you guys have said like the mood building is established from right like the beginning begins with her being like what the f is uh, where the f am i here right or something like that right mm-hmm. uh, whilst timothy spall donning whatever <laughs> uh, i mean he has to have been directed to imitate some some of the waiter performance in uh, the shining because he looks like that and it's framed he's framed like that also uh like he's doing his thing there right and she's whatever doing uh, going through the car trying to find a freedom through uh, through that but my point is that you've established that feeling of claustrophobia there mm. the subsequent movie is literally just that and it's doing like how much i mean i guess a lot of people have connected to it so i guess people can go through a whole movie with a sort of flat line of uh, of like anxiety mm. fine 
like i i like my anxiety driven films I've, i was just re listening yeah, to one yeah, of our yeah. ep- episodes in which i recommended three anxiety driven films so like it, it's it's not uh, that i don't like it it's just it's so predetermined what the film is about that it's just like you to me at least the experience was of mm-hmm. like watching someone who's who's cracked under pressure and then who's trying to work her way through those cracks Mm-hmm. and the film kind of gives it a redeeming sort of feature in that she gets her liberation moment right and i, I think it. what 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 aryan had said about uh, this this the grainy look being more of a more of the fable like it it kind of gives you the impression that it could be taking place whenever in sort of history uh-huh. i the, i compared it with jackie just because of the fact that in some ways both of these films a kind of filling in a gap in a hist- in in history that maybe textbooks or like records never fill so like mm. these are like these kind of are creating separate memories or like separate records of what might have happened in the past like kind of giving another dimension to the person mm. who generally we already know because like Jackie Kennedy and like princess da- princess diana especially is so well known to like a lot of people even outside of like mm. the british context and everything that yeah. these films kind of become like another artifact to to tell to to record these stories which mm-hmm. is fine i'm i'm all for it like i i appreciate it i really like when filmmakers go out of their way to like challenge biopic tropes or like whatever like the whole you know mm. framing a biopic as a horror film is like oh give me more of mm. that please more mm. more about i mean hindi films mein hota hai but like horror films wo dusre sense mein hoti hai not in like literal <laughs> senses where people horror are like films, horror <laughs> films in that sense oh my god this movie is so bad what a horror yeah yeah that only that <laughs> sense yeah, yeah but but tell me one thing uh, mm. like you mentioned about her being crazy from the beginning itself right yeah so the thing is i thought this film was supposed to just let you dive into something already that is that has already started yeah exactly mm-hmm. so uh, here's why i didn't get the shining comparison because shining is a totally different film because in shining for you it is more like he's already crazy from the beginning he is and, i think uh, is, his performances so like yeah whatever but yeah. no no he's here i think is crazy no no uh, i think kubrick's version of the shining in kubrick's version of the shining i think jack torrance is already kind of sort of crazy Yeah, yeah, yeah. House yeah. is just house is just you know increasing it, amplifying it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. But here, I think she we we already enter into her life when she's already when when her uh, breakdown has already started. Yeah. So doesn't don't you think that makes sense? Ke, so yeah, m- my shining comparison was because uh, see the mm. in the shining, mm. I don't really sympathize with Jack Torrance, right? Because mm-hmm. he's going through a mental breakdown. Also, mm-hmm. I don't think Stanley Kubrick ever cared about any of the characters in that film. <laughs> I think mm-hmm. he cares the most about the Overlook mm-hmm. Hotel, and that's why the film, I guess, for me, even though I don't find it scary or whatever, mm-hmm. it, like it works on that really creepy level. Where and I think Lanthimos has done that recently with Killing of a Sacred Deer, right? The yeah, yeah, yeah. the the characters become pawns in like this sort of bigger force bigger that's looming, yeah. op- looming over them. If yeah, you yeah, put yeah. that sort of camera work and framework to Spencer, and you ask me to go into a, the psyche of Princess Diana, that's isn't that like counterintuitive? Like at least they, like that was my shining comparison. Like I got reminded of The Shining a lot, mm-hmm. but that's because all you know that steady cam going through the like the, I was about to ask you in fact like the you mm-hmm. know how you talked about when they walk 
through that uh she's walking a lot through that mm-hmm. uh, palace mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. i was like yeah but i was also like the cameras at such a distance that you like my mind directly went to the shining i was like what is this atmospheric stuff he's doing like he is doing this but like mm-hmm. it kind of took me out rather than go in to her or like feel for her I but i think though those staying sorry to uh, no. interrupt like I'm, yeah uh the camera also stays her because it also has to build the world around her as well because without the world around her which is almost perfect like pitch perfect curtains like they're pro- perfectly cleaned and everything everything is just pick and span so without everything being perfect and her being everything being normal they're normal and her being the abnormal character she she wouldn't stand out if you don't see everything through from a little far away you go a little mm-hmm. closer to her as well i think there are like a lot of wide lenses when you go closer to her and it's like it's blowing away in a sense uh, yeah. as well yeah amartya you can uh, i think i think uh, i think the fact i think for whatever for what reasons i think dhruv explained uh, the reasons that he did not like the movie mm-hmm. i think those are the same reasons i love the movie <laughs> it's like it's weird mm. it's like the fact that you know from the beginning of the movie when the, from the time that she is driving through the camera camera is on her face mm-hmm. every second she is entering the restaurant you know that tilt on her head the shrug of her shoulder she is walking through she is walking inside every time the camera is moving behind her it's like mm-hmm. it's like yeah the world is atmospheric and everything but at the end of the day it's her everything is about her her entire psyche whatever she is seeing everything is about her because the manor has been standing for a very long time there is dust everywhere the dust of their forefathers the dust of their ghosts and everything the manor has been mm. there everything is there so whatever the hauntedness whatever the haunting and whatever the hauntedness that is there it's already existing mm-hmm. it's just becoming amplified because her own because her own mental psyche is so fragile at that point that mm. that big house is not helping me that's what i got that that scope that the film had to set out you know that showing that beauty and enormous scale of the sandringham estate yeah, yeah. how to pronounce it yeah, yeah, of yeah, that entire british royal estate in a way through that film grammar it is like telling us that look look where she is and yet if you are not emotionally mentally given that <laughs> freedom then it's of no use no Oh, yeah. Uh, yeah. I mean, yeah. No, I'm. Uh, I mean, Amartya brings oh, and both Arin bring a great point here. I mean, I tried to justify liking the mm. film after mm. it ended by suggest by thinking that all this sort of symbolism that's thrown literally at my face every two seconds <laughs> is because her head state is so fragile that everything around her becomes this sort of important symbol, right? Mm-hmm. I get it. i just can't excuse the writing throwing it at my face every second because it mm-hmm. does that again and again so i so again my i think my initial problem with the shining thing i think is more of a personal thing also i just find mm-hmm. it kind of like the whole nowadays maybe it's it's a problem where everything if it's like a flat line like there's barely any like change from i mean there is a change from beginning to end but it's also like you know it's going to <laughs> isn't it like i mean the change is minimal but, but whatever like i see i say this and then i remember of films which i love which are generally of a similar ilk but like someone something like manchester by the sea right weird comparison but it has a circular arc 
or like more of a circular with like a slight tangent arc like there's a hope in there and i guess mm-hmm. um but yeah but there is movement in that circle no like there is some like deviation or anything or like you're going somewhere with the story there's other possibilities here is just like yeah she's mm-hmm. cracking and and everyone is horrible there which again like to me is just like as a commentary okay i don't even care about the commentary but because i wasn't even into the experiential thing i started noticing everything that was otherwise wrong mm-hmm. right because and amartya's right like a lot of the film is from her point of view but the film makes cuts away sometimes to other characters and i was like why would mm. you like in yeah. a film which is so centered on her experience she should be like in every frame or like her or whatever like except for the dream sequences of course that's fine but like timothy's fall gets a moment in the beginning where he's like uh where the queen is like the queen this uh, diana is late but the prince is early uh, no and mm-hmm. then he's like and yet she is late and i was like yeah i get it i get what 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 the co- contrast is going there for i don't need you to like spell it out like basically yeah. it's that over explaining which automatically took me out so much of it no no i wouldn't disagree with the the writing either sorry for think... the ranty uh, no, sort no. of no. passage and the worst part rant super cut incoming after that no 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 rant more i'm i'm trying and the, part, and the best part is the fact that i actually agree with dhruv on the fact that the screenplay is you know ify but it's like that i think lorraine's direction and for the most part and this is why okay uh, my thing is here that I'm so sorry to bring a Dune comparison here, but anyway, <laughs> this is how you do audiovisual storytelling. This is how mm. you do audiovisual storytelling because it's like mm. the, you know, the music does the heavy lifting. Absolutely adore that, na. It's like Greenwood is like uh, going through violence, then he's going through a jazz tone. It's like gloomy. Noir. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's like gloomy. <laughs> That's noir. what I thought as well. <laughs> yeah, it's like gloomy noir. Then suddenly he's going through, you know, atmospheric horror, and he's transitioning so effortlessly. I'm like, God damn. <laughs> piano is also there, right? A lot of piano in the yeah, beginning, and like yeah, the yeah. central the theme is piano, I think, also, and then. Yeah. then his yes. traditional strings which are like it seems like someone is like breaking something from like some other dimension only or or strangling uh, whatever whatever lovely uh, uh but no but, but again my thing is all of this i would i liked it much more when it was lin ramsey doing it in you were never really or at least yeah. i felt the experience of it much more strongly mm-hmm. uh mm. here i think it's it's kind of the problem with jackie also a little bit in the fact that mm-hmm. even though these biopics really are experiential or want to be experiential they kind of a little bit tied to the history they are still having yeah. to tell right mm-hmm. in jackie there's a whole section about the camelot and like the camelot gets repeated so many repeated so many times that it completely jars with like getting the full hand experience of what jackie was feeling at the time like of uh, turmoil mm-hmm. uh, in this also- Go ahead, very you know, static and that film didn't have like it had a 
distinct style. I mean, I don't hmm. expect a full Eggerite approach to such a document and such a heavy <laughs> subject. But at the hmm. same time, that film just felt a bit. I'll I'll really like Jackie, but that film just felt very bland in terms of direction. And this film feels Spencer does have that. Direction ka absolutely, absolutely. Exactly. Yeah, because the yeah, camera yeah. flows, there's more fluidity. Yeah. There's that style that he's it shows. Because I rewatched Jackie like a few hours before I went to watch Spencer. So that difference that the, his filmmaking difference that actually showed. Mm-hmm. Okay, I absolutely I'm... agree with that because because oh, okay. I, <laughs> go, go, go. <laughs> go 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 go. This is what we saying. I'm not going to interrupt. No. I haven't seen Jackie, but I'm talking specifically Spencer. Spencer. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, the writing is a little choppier in parts, but it basically contradicts the whole filmmaking style. It has in a way. It is. It is completely directed in those sequences. Like those, some of the sequences are so well directed. Montages, like, right? Some really lovely. Some of the montages and everything, everything. Yeah. Uh, especially the whole dance sequence. Yeah. I mean, yeah. that is the stuff kind of stuff I like because dance in itself is so expressionistic. Hmm. it makes at least for me it fits in context to what the film is it holding and whatever yeah uh, you know there's a film i thought of while watching the dance sequence and i was like i should not mention it in the podcast i don't tell me it's a terence malick movie and it's going to <laughs> oh, song to talk. song no no song no no are you crazy or what the new world oh yeah. okay yeah, there's the a there's a similar montage at the end of the film yeah. which is like a legendary montage which everyone should watch because uh the soundtrack in it is also you awesome. mean anyways a, you mean it's a better montage than rocky 4 you know which is like you know 15 minutes of movie and 25 <laughs> minutes of montage in that <laughs> yes i mean most of terence malick's work is montage only late more late terence malick is all montage so <laughs> it's like completely anyways why is malick here uh yeah, because yeah, i am here of course wanted, uh, uh but is something no uh yeah no i i'm surprised that aryan thought that the jackie camera work was kind of I, i thought he was doing a work with his camera work there quite like i liked the camera work in jackie and i thought in fact that kind of uh, it had like the contrast between being super static and like you know a little bit documentarian approach ha huh, like him her being stuck in hmm. between all these people and then it goes fluid in some sections to like show how hmm. she's sort of hmm. wandering around in the house alone Yeah. Whereas here, I mean, I don't. I really like the camera work here. It's just a little too. I'm kind of tired of the Shining references. Like I just yeah. every film references the Shining, and I'm just like, okay, I get. I get it's a great movie, but like, but can we just do away with it? Especially if your movie is not as good as the Shining, and I don't necessarily love the Shining, but like, come on, like, please. I think. Uh, I think if I it. can. I think if I can make a comparison of the Shining with this movie, other than the haunted house reference and everything else, it's like the Shining movie is also very much dependent on its sound design. Mm. It's mm-hmm. very very dependent on its sound design, right? Because if you remove the sound, half of the elements which are horror elements, like you know Danny cycling through and then coming to the bend and then suddenly <laughs> the twins, half of that won't work if you don't have the sound. Yeah, yeah, of course. I mean, even uh, I mean, I think the creepiest part of the Shining is the opening sequence, just because yeah. the score is absolutely mental in that sequence. So, uh, no, but with Spencer is. Uh, I so think the, the pro- dependence of score is the only comparison I can give with the Shining because you know the. I actually think the score does something which the whole film doesn't do, and it's a complement to the score. In fact, you know, it's yeah. 
you know this there's this idea or like this sign that's like shown in the beginning which is called keep noise to a minimum they may hear you mm-hmm. like that's a very pl- and the soundtrack is literally wall to wall throughout the film and it's like Clearing. almost like a rebellion against that sign and like the whole british aristocracy right it's like i think that sort of touch i loved like i thought those touches mm. were impressive but but again, not the b- birds thing that was going on throughout there are eight things i've listed <laughs> that down that is the biggest <laughs> problem yeah. eight and metaphors eight, because eight metaphors KFC. running throughout the film and i'm just that's, like the screenplay what? constantly kept contradicting the film grammar which was unfolding right yeah, yeah, yeah. the biggest i but for some reason i don't know i might never rewatch this film to be very honest and i yeah, think that's yeah. how because i don't know period dramas at all i'm not <laughs> Yeah. But see, I think it's the experience that trumps everything. So yeah. I get why Aryan and Namrata would also. No, no, I'll I'll listen to no, the soundtrack. I'll rewatch it. Soundtrack, I'll listen. Yeah. I think I'll rewatch it once more. And yeah, I love the soundtrack already. Like, I won't rewatch it anytime soon. Maybe yeah. like some sometime later or something. Yeah, but yeah, it's. it's Drew, uh, would you like to list down your what metaphors? the eight metaphors that run throughout the film? So there's yeah, like yeah, the yeah. Diana is the pheasant slash dead bird. who gets yeah, that's thing, introduced yeah. that's told again when i've noted these down right so i'm going to tell you all this <laughs> teaching so she teaches the children about shooting pheasants then she literally says what happened to the pheasants then she encounters the pheasant in the garden and then she saves the pheasant so that's five times this running <laughs> metaphor appears and makes itself obvious huh. so i was completely taken out right if it was the single there was some review on letterbox which said pick up single me- metaphor and i was like okay yeah true pick pick <laughs> one thing maybe and like everything might actually simplify for me and i might get more into like there's so many haunted house films which use the house ka metaphor right mm-hmm. it, like the crumbling house is the internal state of mind ka kam- whatever equating those two and everything right there are like there's a movie called relic that released to a year back to wow, years back wow that's some comparison <laughs> i really like relic so <laughs> so th- that's that's the whole uh, thing so there's then the second one is the scarecrow or whatever that thing is where the quotes yeah, are there yeah, yeah. the the dad's quote is there then which and they say can't believe he's still watching over us so like whatever the scarecrow is watching over over us and then uh, at the end of the film they sh- make a deal to show it with diana's yellow coat on it and i was like good <laughs> uh a mission accomplished then there's a the necklace of course which is fine because that's more of a like it feels more in sync with the film just because it's yeah, like guilt and whatever and shackles yeah, break yeah, yeah. breaking through and all that right so do they say anything about it no you know which sequence i really liked uh, mm-hmm. the dinner sequence which is like oh, a louis exactly. louis louis bunuel type uh, dinner of the bourgeois type thingy in the film. Uh, Ha ha like the slow motion where she's eating Me the too. beads with the souffle and I was like that's sick yeah. I mean that's sick as in like she's actually gets sick but like that was also sick in terms of No but visuals. it's also like no but it's also like you know and this is why I think the historical context is also kind of sort of necessary because uh, mm-hmm. Diana had bulimia Hmm which is, which, bul- which, what's what's that Are she goes in the kitchen no in the in the night to eat and to eat like compulsively when mm-hmm. she stressed she eats compulsively and then she goes to the bathroom and then she starts to vomit 
that extra emphasis on two of her fingers which are it is mm. as it's applied to use to throw up and all so it's like very triggering for some people so i can understand how i mean this yeah see there, there are like clever ways of doing the whole metaphor business i think like in that dinner sequence do mm-hmm. are using the food metaphor and the necklace metaphor together and i think mm-hmm. one kind of hides the other at least so what happens is you're more into the scene whereas you when you like go out of your way to sign post everything right mm-hmm. then, then is where it kind of just starts yeah. to become more and more apparent so it becomes muddled it becomes yeah. muddled yeah but yeah. On, but, but honestly but i think okay sorry sir amarti go ahead it's okay no it's like uh, like aryan said because aryan's point i actually agree with that i think i haven't seen jackie but like aryan was saying that historical you know reconstruction right aryan that's what you were talking about yeah, yeah. so like that historical reconstruction and the fact that each of these biopics while they try to be standalone and accessible a bit of the history is also there mm. right it's, yeah it's still stuck in that history so whether we want it or not a bit of the context is actually necessary and honestly i think for me per se i think context i had while getting into this movie i think helped me you know helped me you know narrow down all of the metaphors which you know completely blindsided you know dhruv and a lot of other people who did not like so many metaphors being thrown at their faces it like it helped me narrow mm. it down it helped me narrow it down and figure it out like the food metaphor i narrowed it down to bulimia yeah okay this this is you know this is becoming mm, i can i can sense, identify, yeah. i can identify this yeah i mm. i i think if i knew more about the context i would like, dislike it even more <laughs> yeah it's good so, that you didn't know yeah yeah <laughs> the same problem i have with dune so we are even anyway oh, we both don't have a crazy yeah, thing about exactly. dune so it's fine but yeah. we both haven't watched it in imax so yeah. oh yeah the great equalizer imax <laughs> <laughs> yes what are you saying sanjeet i'm no, going saying... to literally be like the antichrist here right <laughs> because no, no, i don't no i was like... saying it definitely warrants a rewatch for you i think so. dune no no uh, spencer I feel I don't think Spencer will change. I honestly came out of it quite confident that I don't <laughs> like it. Uh and yeah, I okay. from the subsequent times I've literally looked at sort of evidence to find what I don't like. Mm-hmm. I like the more I find about the sort of how clumsily some of the metaphors also integrated I just find it very hard to like get into its groove. Mm-hmm. Uh, so there's so just to like finish off the listing, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Stitched up curtains introduced at 1 hour 13 minutes. finished off at 1 hour 16 minutes that's the extent of that metaphor there like curtains and whatever the light and all that figure of ann bolin is like whatever central throughout the whole thing right yeah, 1 yeah, 2 yeah. 3 4 5 five times it's referenced uh, and brought up <laughs> then there's the chic food versus junk food which is also done at the end of the film right she orders three chickens and whatever like yes, i want to live yeah. a middle class life and that's the whole sort of thing and this film does really not use sally hawkins to her full potential i'm no, very disappointed no it doesn't yeah 
Sally Hawkins is lovely. She is lovely in everything. She is Sally Hawkins, but like. You are not making her like just. She is also a symbol. Maggie is like she is the sort of angel, uh, <laughs> and she is the love angel here, considering she loves her, and she, whatever. And that I, I actually, think I can I think I can compare Maggie to an audience surrogate because you know everybody besides the royal family, everybody from the outside hmm. saw her through the television and everything. Everybody loved her. Hmm. So I think I can compare her to the audience surrogate here because. most of the audiences who come into this movie they have a vision of diana that is you know very sympathetic mm-hmm. you know mm-hmm. so in a way she is also an audience <coughs> we all love her yeah yeah so But that scene i guess for me that was a very well written scene the one at the end between uh, sally hawkins character yeah. and- Mm-hmm. I was yeah, that scene was very heartfelt for me at least. I was about to say that is the one scene in which I think the film does something very smart in terms of subverting some of the dialogue because otherwise the dialogue whatever like there's one moment towards the end which is the hand Han Solo moment in this where she uses Spencer like it's like some you know defining quality of like yeah exactly. of the buying the chicken and he asks her the surname and she's like Spencer, Spencer. and I was like yeah. and I was like. Okay. Uh, fine. Like that. Like again, you don't need to establish that you get. There's so many symbols that have already established that she's liberated at least for the moment. Like this is another one of those. But in that no, dialogue, go like... go go. Sorry, I'll I'll finish off the dialogue scene. I actually no, no, have a praise like, about the dialogue scene. Yeah. So. No. No. But it's like no. No. But it's like every Nolan movie about Batman. You know, by every second, if there is no line that is saying, you know, he is the watchful protector, the Dark Knight. We haven't put the I mean, title of the movie in the fucking dialogue. So it's a Batman, though. Like it's this is like Spencer. Anyway, over the top, no, that. Yeah, it's more over the top, I think. Anyways, the the dialogue uh, that I really like is when she's like, you know, um, talking about what she'll be known as. Where in later, which is again another very common thing, which like you can use past people to look ahead in the future, and because we are in the future, we are just like, of course she'll be known as she'll be wrong in whatever assessment she makes, considering we know how history turned out. But mm. they like undercut it really well with Sally Hawkins, where she's like Diana the shocked in a sense that like it's a very playful moment between the two. Mm. I wanted more of that. I wanted more Sally Hawkins. I think she does. She literally just brings me. I mean, she's one of my favorite actresses. So it's uh, <laughs> yeah. I mean, not to this case too. I think she is great also. Case two is uh, fantastic in this. Oh my god, yep. she's so good. And it's like, and it's like you know that awkwardness, which kind of you know, uh, that awkwardness, that kind of you know, that stiffness she has, and that sense of you know that she doesn't know how to walk or she. She's so fussy about her dressing sense. She's so fussy about her narcissism. It's like she's stuck between acting like a royal, acting yep. like the royal she's supposed to be, and the normal person that she actually is. And yep. it's like, and it's like between those, Spencer and Diana. Between Spencer and say. Diana. Yep, exactly. Thank you. Or the But film might say there was there was another very good scene which I remember. Uh, there's a scene where uh, Diana goes in. Talks to Elizabeth, right? Uh, oh yeah, that's it. Yeah, where she's like, if you have your face on a ten pound. Oh, the currency yeah. metaphor. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. That yeah. that, that thing I quite liked. Yeah. Yeah, that was eight. I forgot. I I just decided to be nicer and not mention. It, but, okay. <laughs> oh. but you can at least be happy that they're consistent with the metaphors. 
He'll roll back from 2.5 to 2 now if you say that. <laughs> no, no, I won't roll. No, I was no, thinking. It doesn't I... matter. See, see, it, what I was trying to put forward was, see, the scores and all are like yeah, just yeah. marketing thing. I was don't, being don't also. I was being very childish <laughs> about it. Okay, I, I don't really. That's not evidence to provide. I know, I know, I know, I know. I was just hmm. saying that maybe the idea was to. I'm not in any way trying to justify. I'm just trying to make sense of it. maybe they were trying to make it more engaging to you as a viewer so that you are constantly engaged throughout phys- like through uh, physical metaphors maybe like a bird even though i some of them didn't work right like i just said the bird thing didn't work for me hmm. but the whole currency thing did and all the the food thing the necklace thing all of those things worked for me personally no i can understand why it would work yeah. for like i can see why this he would I like. I'm surprised that Pablo Larraín didn't like chuck some of the metaphors out. Though yeah. I think he's a better director than that. But just not like, better director in the sense that like he can. I just think he would be like, let's chuck a couple I mean, of these. Else, I mean, out. who else would you have got in Villeneuve for this? Then this movie would have been two hours fifty minutes. No, but the the other thing, like the other sort of big thing, is I kept on thinking about other movies also while watching this. So like, yeah, of course, I, The Shining like is there. Marie Antoinette by Sofia Coppola or Coppola okay. or whatever you pronounce it. Oh like. wow, that's that's on another level of spectrum altogether. <laughs> yeah, yeah, but it's a perfect double bill uh, yeah, of Spencer and Marie Antoinette, and okay. I think Marie Antoinette does it much more playfully. Like okay. the whole, I mean, I mean, of course, the stories are different, but like, I, I mean, it's a punk rock soundtrack. I mean, I don't yeah, know yeah, yeah. Playful, you can get with that. It's good. It's good. It's until at least the last two thirds of it is very good, I think. Uh, and again, I'd seen all of this before in in that or like like the whole deconstruction mm. of you know royal stiffness. The favorite is much yeah. funner. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. The favorite is another level of filming. Like don't no, don't bring it. Favorite, favorite is another level of ironic, you know, subversion. Like, yeah, yeah, yeah. It's yeah. a power battle between a lot of these people, and I, I thought it was much more playful and had a tragic edge to it. Also, like it, it felt mm-hmm. it definitely had a tragic edge to it. So, go ahead, Arin. You're itching to say because your microphone is here. <laughs> that that one shot. I know that a lot of cinephiles might come at me for saying this, but just for a just for an instance, uh, that one shot after that pea soup, during that pea soup color scene, that dinner scene, that uh, the best scene of the movie, that one shot actually reminded me of Barry Lyndon, <laughs> because there's <laughs> this one shot in Barry Lyndon which looks similar to that. set up maybe i'm sure i'm sure it was a reference i'm sh- i mean uh, barry lyndon is one of those yeah. like classic reference points to like all period films which are set in yeah. these ha ah, you can see na a lot of the scenes were like so naturally lit also in this i mean it's so like it's the like... barry lyndon is the persona for like psychological films right? uh-huh. or like vertigo vertigo uh-huh. like all of them are like reference points like this guy only listed edgar right Mm-hmm. Uh, repulsion and all that. I'm like, of course, you list repulsion and like persona. Of course, those are reference points. Do we we'll agree on this uh, one thing that uh, this film is actually scarier than Last Night in Soho? Oh yeah, definitely. Oh yeah. I agree. Last Night. Unfortunately, I agree. Last Night in Soho is confusing. 
yeah. I would say that uh, for the some for like for some strange reason, last night in Soho is uh, more. Peppy or beautiful, in a sense, like like uh, like the whole trans. I I can't get over the transition from. Oh yeah, uh, thunder. Modern, <laughs> modern yeah, latest, modern yeah. latest sixty. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Oh yeah. Yeah, that that scene That's... might have just elevated the movie for me on some other level. Like, <laughs> not to say that I love it, but like whatever. Uh, but I but, agree with Aryan wholeheartedly. But uh, on the Spen- uh, but on the Spencer front, I think I also like the fact that the movie ends with Diana being happy. Exactly. Yeah. It's yeah. yeah, yeah. Optimistic note. It's the yeah. alter, almost creating an alternate, no, much like does, Once Upon a Time like, in Hollywood. Yeah, exactly. That's yeah. Yeah. Much like that. <laughs> your yeah, your favorite film, Amartya. No. Yeah. Of course, it's my <laughs> I think favorite film. If I see that, you know, I don't know what I will do. But again, it's like yeah, but it doesn't actually do an alternate history, right? Because mm. it mm. stops. It stops. Yeah. Yeah. She liberate. She's liberated, but he. Yeah. But. Hmm. End of the day, we know how it ends. Yeah, uh, it doesn't mm. end quite quite well. But... Yeah, yeah, yeah. How ah, bittersweetness comes from the fact that yeah. that we it ends end. before the end, before yeah. her end, kind of like that. And yeah. and, mm. and I think uh, Zoo's and I think because Zoo's not liking the movie is the very you know normal behavior of anybody who doesn't get you know sucked into the movie or is completely immersed into the movie for a, any person who isn't immersed into an experience yeah. will always mm. be forced to notice a lot of shit that is why i did not like avengers endgame that much that is why i did not you like in avengers. dune okay yeah yeah perfect yeah. end to this episode <laughs> yep there you go yeah, yeah. <laughs> so yeah i think uh, we've all spoken out our thoughts uh, Three of us loved it. One of us didn't. But in the end, it matters. Uh, the the thing that matters is how your experience with the film has been. The the first thing that translates with you is the experience of the film. Exactly. So if you would like to have or check out if it works for you as experience, watch Spencer. Uh, I mean, I would recommend certainly. Drove wouldn't. Marie Antoinette. Sorry. Marie Antoinette. Okay. Mm-hmm. So but I you think. Don't have to be or Jackie. I think I think Rob, you should recommend because it's I don't know end of the day among the <laughs> movies that came out this year it's you know yeah but then Jack kind of sort of different and also I think it works better because of the times that we are living in at least for me because if you revisit I actually did so I revisited <laughs> that Oprah interview between Harry and Meghan and when asked okay oh Harry, God oh fuck is. God yeah and I actually got very emotional <laughs> <surprisingly>, <laughs> revisiting that. Film. <laughs> like the message of the film, Harry actually said in that interview, in context to the recent events, that I quote: "You asked what my mother would have thought of this, and I think she would have saw it coming. She would have seen it coming, and it's that's it. Just hits too too much, right? Because mm-hmm. of the context, because of the times that we're living in, because we know how past events have turned out to be after that big royal wedding and all." All that after they moved out. Mm-hmm. Yeah, but then can't you just watch that and not watch this? Anyways, I'm just being rude. <laughs> but no, but don't. Okay, you I just realized watch- that I I realized I recommended people to watch old, which which I don't like as much yeah. as Spencer. When so, we yes, did recommend, we, we all recommended them to watch old Sanjeet. We did. Yes, in our episode. That. I thought I thought you recommended Free Guy or something. I have not. I, oh, yes, I recommended Free Guy. Wow, I hated that movie. 
अरे ही इज बीइंग सार्कास्टिक आई हेट द गॉड्स आउट ऑफ द मूवी दैट मूवी इज अ शिट ओके ओके ऑन अनदर गॉड बिफोर वी हैव टू चेंज इट टू एक्सप्लिसिट संजीत ओके सो सो ब्यूटीफुल ब्यूटीफुल एपिसोड थैंक यू टू अमरता एंड आर्यन हु आर आवर रेगुलर्स नाउ फॉर कमिंग ऑन दिस एपिसोड we had a lovely time discussing spencer uh, you can check out aryan on instagram as aryan talks film and amartya as amartya acharya on instagram uh, links will be in the description you can also check out their articles on various publications their links will also be in the publication uh, you can follow us on instagram at please.filmpodcast uh, publication okay. uh, on the description sorry are yaar it's okay na doesn't matter uh, you can follow us on instagram at please.filmpodcast you can follow us on spotify it really helps us reaching more people uh, let's get to more people as soon as possible before the before this year ends uh, thank you for all the support that you received till now you can follow dhruv on instagram at uh, terminal cinema you can follow me Uh, Sanjit Singh at Pixel Baba on Instagram. Thank you so much for listening. Khatam.